Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by the disembodied voice of Matty D. And he fell in love with his psychiatrist, Harley. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. And that is my disembodied voice. Yes, Matty D's recording from his remote studio today. That's why he sounds different again. I am. I am. In my little in my little trailer. Now that spoiler there, I thought that was a Sopranos reference for a second. <laughs> It could, it could be. go either way. It could yeah, be. Exactly. I'm not going to say. So, since you're in a talkative mood, Matty D, would you care to explain to the listening audience what we do on this show? So, here are potential spoilers. What we do is we watch a trailer for an upcoming movie, and then we try to, just based on that, pretty much that information alone, we try to guess what's going to happen in the plot of that movie. That's absolutely right. And if you want to put one of our previous predictions to the test, you currently can, because in the cinemas, you've got a twofer. You can do a whole double feature. Not only is old, M. Night Shyamalan's old in the cinemas, but Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins Snake Eyes is also in the cinemas. Now, old is one that we had a lot of difficulty with, and we threw a lot of bold predictions there. So that one's going to be interesting. Yes, exactly. Now, it was actually the last movie prediction we did on this show, and we also did it together, so we've already teamed up to go together again. <laughs> yeah. But I think we really need all the help we can get this week, because this week we're talking about the upcoming The Suicide Squad, not to be confused with 2016's Suicide Squad. So, yeah, if the first movie is anything to go by, this movie might just be a complete and utter mess, so I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're predicting this together. Yeah, exactly. So, this isn't actually a, well, would you say it's a sequel to Suicide Squad? What they're calling it is a standalone sequel. And we've actually heard that term before with Space Jam and New Legacy. They also called that a standalone sequel. So, So are you saying it's not actually a sequel? It's not a direct sequel to Suicide Squad. It is in the same (laughs) universe. So, it's not going to follow over plot points from that movie at all. It's just another adventure with similar characters, basically. Right, but yeah, it has the same characters, So, and I assume it's happening after the first movie, so... Yeah, exactly. That would be a sequel, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it's a standalone sequel, but not a direct sequel. It gets very confusing. Right, so this is kind of like an Indiana Jones movie where it kind of takes place, you know, in the same universe with the same characters, but it doesn't reference the other movies. Yes, exactly. It's a real Temple of Doom type situation. (laughs) Let's hope not. I kind of like Temple of Doom, so <laughs> yeah, let's hope it's so. All right. It's all right. Now, you were worried that uh, this movie may end up being a mess, but they do actually have some strong direction this time. So, they've actually got James Gunn directing it this time. So, they're not going to change the tone of the movie after filming it or anything like that, making it more no. comedic than, than dark and depressing? No, exactly. They're not going to get the people who edited the trailer to come in and do an edit <laughs> of the movie in a desperate <laughs> attempt to try and make it more fun. <laughs> So, if you're not familiar with James Gunn, he, of course, directed the Guardians of the Galaxy movies over in the Marvel Universe, but in case you didn't hear, he was fired by Disney a couple of years ago before being promptly rehired a few months later after fan outcry, but the reason he was fired was because of a few controversial tweets. Do you know anything about this, Matty D? Yeah, I remember when that happened at the time, but I cannot recall what the tweets were about. Yeah, it was a lot of sort of rape talk and homophobic talk. I think he was talking about, like, watching The Expendables and he said something, and this is a quote, along the lines of, like, he was so worked up that he felt the need to rape the little sissy boy sitting next to him or something along those lines. Right. And they were tweets from, like, I don't know, 2015 or even earlier. I think it might have even been 2014, but these sort of surfaced a couple of years ago, maybe two years ago. Yeah, someone dug into his Twitter history. Yeah, by some sort of, like, begrudged fan he ticked somebody off with guardians of the galaxy 2 maybe so they (laughs) dug these tweets up and sent them to disney and of course disney was like yeah we're not standing for this and essentially fired him on the spot without any sort of review and then of course there was the fan outcry because these are as i said tweets from years and years ago and they said basically why is something that he said years ago being held accountable now i mean they of course it's shocking stuff but that was james gunn's whole image back in the day he used to make movies like slither super He wrote the Dawn of the Dead remake. He wrote Tromeo and Juliet, if you've ever heard of that movie. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. And also, like, humor at that time was, like, it was more acceptable to have those kind of jokes. Not that that's right. You know, I'm not saying it's it's right, but it was at the time what people did. Yeah, 10 years ago, homophobic jokes were all the rage. You could watch, (laughs) watch, like, any mainstream movie and there's going to be, like, gay jokes in there. 
Yeah, go watch Mean Girls. They're like calling each other lesbians as an insult. Go watch The Birdcage. That whole movie's an insult. (laughs) But of course, James Gunn is coming back to do the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie. As I mentioned, Disney did rehire him after the fan outcry, so they mustn't their, their laurels mustn't be too high. I love how easily Disney are controlled by like the fan base. <laughs> so yes. Enough outcry they'll fire somebody, and then enough outcry yes. and they'll rehire them. Yes, exactly. I would say it's almost to their detriment. But I suppose this is a good sign for the Suicide Squad because essentially he can take that shock humor, that over-the-top humor that he brought to his own movies and do whatever he wants. He isn't shackled to the Disney mastermind in this circumstance. Yeah, it's gonna be a very interesting movie. Particularly because yeah. Yeah, he has free range now. Let's hope so anyway. I just wanted to point out as well that the original director of 2016 Suicide Squad was originally slated to direct this movie, David Ayer, but he's off busy making a Gotham City Sirens movie. Oh, they're making that movie, are they? Apparently so. That's, so that's be something cool. I guess we could we could look forward to in the future. Superhero movies are back, Kieran. <laughs> Get yes. excited. Oh. I forgot to give my little disclaimer. Everyone who listens to this show, any long-time listeners of this show, should know by now that superhero movies aren't really my bag. My whole opinions of them haven't really changed that much since doing this show either, I must point out. But yeah, we have actually talked a Suicide Squad movie before, if you recall, because we once talked about Birds of Prey or The Emancipation of One, Harley Quinn. Yeah, her solo feature. And in that movie, we talked about her history with the Suicide Squad movies and Harley Quinn herself. So I don't think there's any real reason to go back over our histories of Suicide Squad. Listen to that episode if you really want to know what we said. But I think it's important this time to talk about our histories with James Gunn. So, Maddie D, what's your history with the man James Gunn himself? Well, you know, I I enjoyed the Guardian of the Galaxy movie. So, Have you seen any of his other movies? Slither? Super? No. <laughs> They're not my kind of movies, to be honest. No? Too no. edgy for you? I'm sure you've seen the Dawn of the Dead remake. He wrote that. Oh, yeah. I didn't like that, though. And I know you liked it, but I wasn't a fan. It took me a long time to come around to it. I'll just say that. I don't love the movie, but it did take me a while to come around to it as just Mm. a standalone zombie movie and not Mm. a remake of one of my favorite zombie movies of all time. As a zombie movie, it's okay, but it's just, I don't know. I I didn't particularly love it, but enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy, so we'll see. Oh, I almost forgot to mention as well that James Gunn also wrote the two Scooby-Doo movies. The ones with Freddie Prince Jr. and yeah. so on and so forth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you must like those. Uh, I didn't think they were good when I watched them. Even when I was okay, a younger person, enough. I was like, because I was really pumped for those movies. I was like, a Scooby-Doo movie, that's going to be really cool, right? You, they've got all this content. It's been a show for years. It's going to be fun. The acting looks like the actors look like they really became the characters. But that, that, like, that movie had Mr. Bean running around being the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. And then it had Scrappy-Doo in it as well. To James Gunn's credit, he didn't direct those movies, so, you know, there's a chance that he may bring something different to the table here for the Suicide Squad. There's no excuses, and particularly no excuses for this movie. I know there was a lot of people when the when the last movie came out, they were like, oh, the pr- like the production companies messed with it. They didn't go in the direction they wanted to. Now they've got absolutely no excuse. So this movie yes. better be good. Otherwise- Yes, exactly. It's their fault. Or at least they're trying to have fun with it on purpose this time. <laughs> The real mistake that they made last time was trying to make a serious Suicide Squad movie with no fun in it at all. Trying to be dark and gritty. shark in this movie. Yes. uh, We'll talk all about King Shark in a sec. But yeah, for me, I've seen all of James Gunn's movies, all the ones he's directed anyway, with the exception of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, I don't mind him. He's not my favorite director of all time, but I think he's sort of like the perfect choice for this movie anyway. Because if anyone's going to make a fun Suicide Squad movie, it's going to be James Gunn. Because essentially what he's going to do is just make Guardians of the Galaxy, but a more adult version of it, right? Surely. Hopefully. I mean, that's what everyone wants to see. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, what do we know about this upcoming The Suicide Squad movie so far? Look, we got three trailers for this movie so far. And a lot's happening in the trailers. Like, there's a lot of action and a lot of chaos. I just want to say straight away- there's way too many fucking characters in this movie. Oh, my God. I wrote a list of all the characters down. Yeah, me and too. And it is insane. So, just just straight off the bat, I think this is going to be an ensemble movie. And majority of it will just yes. be each character having their little bit rather than it actually having a plot. I do actually have some strong theories on what they're going to do with the majority of the characters. Of course, they're oh. the Suicide Squad. We know they're going to be killed off. But I do actually have a really strong theory straight away on what the direction of the movie is going to be. So, we'll, we'll discuss that when we get into breaking down the plot. But yeah, I have some ideas of how they're going to handle this huge cast. Yeah. But yeah, no, we've got three trailers so far. Um, and I feel really good about it because 
unlike other movies we do, this one's giving us a lot of information straight off the bat. We're seeing all the yes. main players. Um, we're seeing the main bad guy. We're seeing, you know, the the person they're saving. So there's a lot of information going into it, which is good. But the way it's set up is so messy. It's just trying to deconstruct all this stuff. So as we found out from the Birds of Prey episode, you're our resident DC expert, aren't you? So can you break bit. down, just for anybody who may not be familiar, who exactly the Suicide Squad is and what their history sort of is? What uh, in the comics or just in general? Ah, uh, just in general. We're talking about a we're talking about a movie, so it doesn't yeah, really matter sure. about what their comic history is. We can talk about the characters as we yeah. talk about who's in the movie. So I guess I guess the Suicide Squad as a premise is a group of bad guys that exist in the DC universe. So that's uh, villains from Superman, villains from, you know, the Batman universe, the Greenland universe, the Flash universe, um, the Justice League universe. They all kind of get grouped together by a government organization to go and do mercenary work, but for a good cause. And the reason they're called the Suicide Squad is because they're expendable. That's why they've grouped these guys together. And typically, Harley Quinn is a big player in this group. Um, King Shark, who's making his debut, <laughs> which is very exciting, is is typically yeah. another member. But usually it's characters who are bad guys, but not, you know, it's not your Lex Luthor. It's not your Joker. It's your kind of... B-tier supervillains. Yeah, yeah, and more obscure. And they can get away with having a little bit more sillier characters in this group. So that's usually what the Suicide Squad is made up of. So it's sort of like the Expendables, but with supervillains. Yeah. And we know from his tweets that James Gunn really liked the Expendables, so maybe he's going to bring that flavour to this movie. Hopefully, that'd be really cool. Hopefully he can keep it in his pants this time, though. (laughs) Now, we do actually have an official synopsis for this movie from the Suicide Squad website. So would you like to hear what's in that? Let's hear it. But strap yourself in first, though, because, again, it is another small novel. I'm so sick of reading these really long synopsises. Synopses? I don't know the word. Anyway, let's get into it. Welcome to Hell, a.k.a. Bell Reef, the prison with the highest mortality rate in the US of A, where the worst supervillains are kept and where they will do anything to get out. Even join the super secret, super shady Task Force X. Today's do or die assignment, assemble a- Oh, my God, this is really wankily written. (laughs) James Gunn wrote this himself Assemble a collection of cons including Bloodsport, Peacemaker, Captain Boomerang, Ratcatcher 2, Savant, King Shark, Blackguard, Javelin and everyone's favourite psycho Harley Quinn Then arm them heavily and drop them literally on the remote enemy infused island of Corto Maltese I think it's right next to Porto Rosso Definitely Trekking through the jungle teeming with militant adversaries and guerrilla forces at every turn The squad is on a search-and-destroy mission with only Colonel Rick Flagg on the ground to make them behave, and Amanda Waller's government techies in their ears, tracking their every movement. And as always, one wrong move and they're dead, whether at the hands of their opponents, a teammate, or Waller herself. If anyone's laying down bets, the smart money is against them. All of them. And that is the official synopsis from the official website. Wank, 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 wank. Wow. Well, it sounds like they're having fun. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. But that's something else we should say because a big part of this movie is that the characters have like a microchip in their brain that if they don't comply, their head explodes. So they're pretty much enslaved. So it's basically like a small bomb that they implant in the base of their skull. Hmm. So if they misbehave, they click that bomb and then their head explodes. And I'm sure we're going to see that in this movie. Yeah. And Amanda Waller is a big part of this story as well. She's the... The, the hard-nosed leader who groups these guys together. It's her organization. Yes, that's right. She was the person in charge of the organization in the first movie, right? Yes, she was. All right, let's talk about who's in the movie and as is standard with our team-up plots, as we talk about the, the characters, let's talk about what their impact on the movie is going to be. There's so many of them. Yes, so I think most of our plot is just going to be talking about who's in this movie. So I think something important straight away is, as we discuss the characters, we should talk about straight away whether we think they're going to live or die by the end of the movie. Okay, that's that sounds fun. So who's going to be like the slipknot of this movie? Who's just there for body count? And who is actually going to play an important part in this movie? So first of all, returning as the character Harley Quinn, we've talked about her before, of course, in Birds of Prey, is Margot Robbie. The star of this movie. You could say that. And if you didn't see Birds of Prey, perhaps you saw Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we covered before on this show. Yeah, she always delivers a great performance, Margot, and she's like been on a roll for for a while now. Yes, I definitely agree with that. 
if you remember right at the start of the show, I said I didn't really like her, but I'm warming to her more and more. With every performance I see of hers, I'm warming to her more and more. Well, yeah, you're, you're a big fan of the movie she did about the ice skating um, Yes, I, Tonya. Yes, yeah. that's, that is one of my favorite movies. That really did turn her around for me. Yeah, but when you think about it- you, I can't- My opinion of her anyway, for what that's worth. Yeah, no, definitely. I can't think of a bad performance that she's done. Well, I would always say Harley Quinn, but Birds of Prey actually wasn't too bad. I didn't mind Harley Quinn in that movie. Mm. Even in the original Suicide Squad movie, she was always the she, like she was a standout, even if yes. the rest of the cast maybe weren't. Yeah, but I found her voice really annoying in that movie. Probably is supposed to be a little bit. I think so. That's the character. As you said in Birds of Prey, that's the character. Now, by the way, they have actually removed her rotten face tattoo for this movie. Yeah. Did she get surgery to have that tattoo removed? I don't think there's going to be an in-universe reason for her not having the tattoo. The reason that they don't have it in this movie is because Margot Robbie didn't like it and James Gunn didn't like it either. Mm. So, I think they're just pretending she never had the tattoo. <laughs> Standalone sequel rules. There you go. Yeah. It might be a prequel. There you go. So, I think this is a fairly obvious question, but what do you think Harley Quinn's role in this movie is going to be? Well, we can see from the trailer that- Really early on in the movie, they're going to try to rescue her. So, I don't think she's going to be introduced- I wouldn't even say that's early on in the movie. I would argue that that could be halfway through the movie. You think so? Absolutely. We'll I get into it when we talk about the plot more. we've got to discuss that. But uh, she's definitely not yes. going to be in the opener. And she's going to be- No, I think she will be. You think so? See, look, there's something we have to do on our shows when we team up is we have to agree on the points and we're already disagreeing. <laughs> this is so, be I can terrible. tell straight away this is going to be a, one of those shit fight episodes. Right. Well, I think what, what her role in this movie is going to be that she's going to be the the character that's given all the funny lines, that's given all the crazy stuff to do. A lot of attention is going to yes. be put on her. I've read that James Gunn sees Bloodsport's relationship to Harley Quinn to be like Abbott and Costello. So, I think there's going to be like yes. a comedic, he's the straight man, she's the- funny wacky one i think that's going to be the dynamic there but it's going to be a lot of harley quinn i think we can both agree that's going to be the case let's say it frankly she's the main character of the movie mm. alongside idris elba's blood sport one of the most exciting things about <laughs> this movie is most of the actors in it we've talked about before in previous shows yes. so of course we talked about idris elba before as brixton in hobson shaw and now he's back as blood sport now who the heck is blood sport so, Bloodsport is a Superman rival, I believe, and he is an ex- Well, he's- I believe his brother was- what fought in the Vietnam War. He was meant to go to the Vietnam War, but didn't go, and his brother got injured, and he feels guilty about it. And then he became like a, a you know, a crazed militant man, uh, manipulated okay. by Lex Luthor. And his gimmick is- he creates his own uh, weapons and technology that only he can use. And part of that is he has weapons that have kryptonite in them. So, in this movie, he shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet. Yes. And so, that's the reason him. why he's in jail. Yeah, that's the reason. I don't think we're going to see him shoot Superman in this movie. I think that will be something that happens before the events of the movie. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's going to take the role of Will Smith's character. Yes. He was originally cast to be Deadshot when they first started talking about this movie. Yeah. This character in the comics is quite quite aggressive and quite crazed. And I think just based on the trailer, I think we're going to see a lot more toned down, grounded, like anti-hero kind of character in this blood sport. Yes. Yes, I agree. Now, I think he's definitely going to survive the movie. I don't know if you agree. No, I disagree. I think he's going to die at the end. Really? Mm-hmm. But you would you would argue that he's the secondary lead of the movie, though. Uh, yeah, I would say he's the secondary lead of the movie. But I can see him sacrificing himself or dying in the in the end valiantly. Wouldn't that be sad though? Because the whole reason he's doing this is to see his daughter again, to get out of jail, to be with his daughter. Why would they do that to us? Isn't he doing it so that because um, they're blackmailing his daughter, who's in trouble, you know, with the law for some reason? I don't know why. Yeah, and he's doing this so that they can save her. So, if he dies doing that, it's kind of noble, right? I thought they had his daughter hostage, essentially. Like, they were just keeping hold of her they? so they, so that he can do- From what I got from the trailer, oh. they were holding his daughter hostage and essentially blackmailing him. Because doesn't That's she what say- I understood. They, they have the daughter in the trailer and the daughter says- Amanda Waller says that you can help me, that they can help me if you, like, agree to help them. Okay. Yeah, I didn't quite understand what she meant by that, but I just thought- Maybe she's out there, she's alone. Uh, they can help her out, like, financially speaking, because she's got no 
parental figure in her life. They can help her out financially with her schooling and her day-to-day life if Bloodsport goes through with helping them with their mission. That's just what I presumed. Okay. Well, I'm happy to compromise there and say that he lives. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I think it would be silly if they killed him off. I think they're killing off plenty of other characters. I think Bloodsport will make it through. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm right, I get I get to brag. Fair enough. Now, here's one we can definitely debate over. Playing the character of Peacemaker is John Cena, who, of course, we talked about before in Fast and Furious 9. He played Dom's brother, Jacob, and he also played the polar bear in Doolittle. Yeah, I, I tried to see him in this trailer, but I couldn't I couldn't find him. <laughs> Little John Cena joke. Um, I'm so <laughs> excited. A second that- to get it too. <laughs> I'm so excited that he's in this movie. Yes. Now, who exactly is Peacemaker, and do you think he will survive this movie? So, Peacemaker was a character that belonged to a comic before it was bought out by DC, and and pretty much the whole idea is he is fighting for peace, which sounds like a good thing. But he's so extreme yeah. in his ideology that he ends up killing a bunch of people. So he invertedly becomes a bad guy. Um, now it's so seemed, he's kind of like Robocop. I wouldn't say Robocop. I, I was I would say think like I don't know, like Ra's al Ghul, maybe, or you know, somebody who's so good but so extremist that they right. are actually like a bad person. So they would like shoot somebody for jaywalking as a crazy example. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. From what I understand, James Gunn got John Cena to play the character as a douchebag version of Captain America. <laughs> yeah, this this character, as what we see in the movie is a, is a real departure from the, the character in the comics because the character in the comics is really? kind of- Yeah, the character in the comics is like really menacing and quite, quite crazed. And it seems uh. John Cena is playing him like a goody two-shoes howdy doody- Evangelical. Yeah, but I'm still going to, I'm still going to like do a bunch of awful things, but I'm going to justify it to myself. Which he'll do really well. So, he's well. basically playing the main character from Super. I know you haven't seen that movie, but it is another James Gunn movie. He wrote and directed it. Yeah. So, the I- main character in Super, if you haven't seen it, he becomes a superhero to fight justice, but he's really over the top and extreme, and he's also like an evangelical Christian as well. Mm. So, he's doing it for, you know, for Jesus, but he's just bashing people's heads in with a yeah. like a lug wrench. So, I'm seeing a lot of that character in this character here. Yeah, very Don Quixote-esque. Almost- yes pretty much his wrestling persona for the last decade. Yeah, well, there you go. Now, this may or may not change your opinion on whether or not you think he'll survive the movie, but there is actually a Peacemaker TV show planned for early 2022. Oh, really? Yeah, he's getting his own spin-off show. Damn, because I would have swore he died. Yeah, I would agree with that, because how do we know that the spin-off show isn't a prequel? Could be, could be. But also- An origin you got, story. you got to think as well, like, they might have a, a sequel to this non-sequel in mind, so- I could see them want to bring yeah. John Cena back for that. No, I definitely think he's going to die in this movie. I absolutely think he's going to die in this movie. Before he gets and too you, expensive. You thought that too. Yeah, exactly. You had that same opinion as well. Yeah, I think CM Punk's going to defeat him in Money in the Bank and run away with his title. <laughs> okay, I don't get that reference, but I'm sure it's a wrestling <laughs> thing. So, let's just say that he will die in this movie and his whole Peacemaker TV show is going to be like an origin story slash prequel to this movie. Agreed. And the whole reason that they announced the Peacemaker spin-off show now and not after the movie is just to make us think that he'll survive the movie. Yeah, yeah. And they seem to be doing that Because he's certainly not there at the end of the trailer. Mm, yeah. There's only a core group of survivors by the end of the trailer, so I have a strong theory on who's going to die and who's going to live. So, Peacemaker dead. Yes, yeah, exactly. Let's move on. Returning as the character of Rick Flagg from the previous movie is Joel Kinnaman. Now, he played Robocop. Speaking of Robocop, he played <laughs> Robocop in the Robocop remake. And he's probably best known for playing, of all people, Rick Flagg in 2016 Suicide Squad. Yes, he's playing Captain Boring, the character no one cares about. Yes, exactly. Now, he'll definitely survive this movie, I think. Oh, guaranteed. Because they want him back for the third Suicide Squad movie, whatever that will be. Probably just called Suicide Squad again. Yeah. So, his job is essentially he's- in charge of this He's group. the handler. Mm. And so, I think that's all we really need to say about him. He's well, just there to be the, the plain Jane, boring white bread guy. <laughs> yeah. I saw an interview the with him. The of all and, their jokes. And they, they, he's, he's actually said that they're going to make his character a little bit more interesting. He's going to be more naive and given more funny lines. So, yeah. maybe he won't be that vanilla. But I think it's going to be very forced. No, he's going to be the shaggy dog or the butt monkey of the movie. Yeah. He definitely will be. 
Next up, playing the character of King Shark, or at least the voice of King Shark, is Sylvester Stallone. Now, I know you're very <laughs> excited about this character. I so am, because this was a character that was originally in the Suicide Squad team and was supposed to be in the original Suicide Squad movie because he's as iconic as Harley Quinn for this team. But Really? Could- yeah, yeah, he is. But they couldn't do it practically. They said because they didn't have the CG, but watching that movie, I think they would have done it anyway. But I, did, I think Yeah, they had plenty of CG. <laughs> they had plenty of dodgy CGI. But I think that they thought, oh, the, the shark character will be silly and no one will take it seriously. So we'll put Killer Croc in oh, instead. Oh, no. Heaven forbid we have a fun movie. <laughs> that really but, worked out well for them. Yeah, but now they've decided, well, since we're going to have fun with it anyway, let's bring in King Shark, who is a Aquaman villain, and he is like the lord of all sharks or something. Uh, in some circumstances, he's a hammerhead shark, which I kind of wish they went with, but no, he is uh, he's a great white. Yes, and I think Sylvester Stallone is a perfect casting choice oh, to do his voice so as well. Good. Of course, we talked about Sylvester Stallone before in Rambo Last Blood. Another one making a return. Yeah, exactly. And he's going to have the most brutal of the kills in the movie too, from at least mm. from what the trailer tells me. Next up, returning as the character Amanda Waller is Viola Davis. Now, Viola Davis is in a ton of movies, but the only movie I really know her from is the original Suicide, <laughs> is the original suicide Squad movie. How sad is that? Yeah, me too, though. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, she's in a ton of movies and she's a great actress, but yeah. Yep. This is what happens when you do a superhero movie. That's what you get pegged into. <laughs> and that's what happens when you do this podcast and watch mostly movies from this podcast. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Now, what can you tell me about Amanda the Wall Waller? Um, yeah, pretty much what we already said. She's kind of the... It's her idea to form the Suicide Squad in the comics. She's sometimes perceived as a bad guy that turns on the Suicide Squad. Uh, so, she's a little bit menacing. But I think in this movie, she's just going to be the person that forces yep. them to join up and become a team and they reluctantly do. She's just going to be hanging around back at the HQ giving them orders and when they That's go right. when when they go off the track she's going to be the one to pull them back in line or in some circumstances just blow their heads up and be the wall. Essentially just do what she did in the first movie. Yeah. I forgot to ask if you think King Shark is going to survive the movie or not. My answer is going to be yes. Yes, I think he is. Now next up playing a character who I definitely think isn't going to survive the movie, returning as Captain Boomerang is Jai Courtney, who of course we talked about before as the bad guy in Honest Thief. Yes, the Australian character. Yes. Well, he is played by an Australian actor, so at least he can do his regular accent. That's right. I love Captain Boomerang in the original movie. He was one of my favorites. Oh yeah. Mm. So you don't think he's going to die in this movie? I I kind of think he is, but since he survived the first movie, I'm kind of thinking he might survive this movie. Yeah, they're, they're tricking you, Matty D. They're putting you off guard so they can kill him off and you, you'll actually feel something. <laughs> I'll be sad when Captain Boomerang dies. So, do you think he's going to die or are you, are you going against my opinion well, on this one? I could see him dying. Because he's not around at the end of the trailer. Well, yeah, let's say he's he not dies, around then. with our core group. Yep. I think that's the most sensible thing to say. Next up, playing the character of the Thinker, you're really going to have to explain the origins of this character to me because I don't understand him at all, is Peter Capaldi, of course, probably most famous for playing one of the iterations of Doctor Who. Mm, Yes, this guy is a Flash villain. Oh, really? Yeah, essentially, he's just a telepath. I don't know a whole lot about this guy. He kind of develops this powers of being telepathic and moving stuff with his mind, and he's just kind of like- that mastermind kind of character. But he's not mastermind, though. He's the thinker. No. <laughs> now, I don't think the thinker is actually a part of the squad itself. No. I believe he's sort of recruited in against his will to help them sort of combat what the big enemy is going to be. Starro. Yes, yes, exactly. He seems to know a little bit more about Starro and they come in to capture him, rescue him. I don't know. Or destroy him, I think the intention is. Maybe. Now, speaking of playing the character of Ratcatcher's father and Starro, I don't know how he's going to play or what capacity he's going to be playing Starro, is Taika Watiti, who, of course, we've talked about as the director of Jojo Rabbit, and he plays the bad guy in Free Guy. So, wait, I didn't know this. So, Taika Watiti is Starro? Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, Starro will talk? Well, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, wow. That changes everything. So, what can you tell me about Starro? I'm already confused. So, he's a giant starfish? Yeah, giant starfish. He appeared, I think, in a Justice League comic. And essentially, think of like the Watchmen. You know how the Watchmen fought that giant squid? It's kind of very similar. Well, they didn't fight it. They just sort of (laughs) dropped a dead one on Manhattan. (laughs) Kind of, kind of. And I think Starro can shoot mini starfish at people. 
I think that's what he can do. I think he might also have some yeah, telepathic things. we see things, that in the trailer. But he is an alien, an extraterrestrial, evil, comes down, okay. tries to destroy the world. Very crazy kind of character because it's a giant starfish. So, from what we understand, this is going to be the big main villain of this movie. Yes. Yeah, the, the one okay. they're trying to defeat. Yes. Okay. Do you think they'll defeat him? Yeah, I think so. Of course they will. Of course they will. I wouldn't have a movie if they didn't defeat him. <laughs> Star is the only survivor. <laughs> The rest of the cast, I just sort of wanted to breeze through. And if we think they're going to be important enough, we can talk about what their character background is. So, first sure. off, playing the character of Polka Dot Man is David <sighs> Dasmalchian. Is that how you say his name? Dasmalchian? I have no idea. I'm sure that's wrong. A Batman villain who has been in yes. a Batman movie before in the Dark that's Knight. That's right. He was the guy in the Dark Knight who, oh, well, he was one of the Joker's minions, wasn't he? Yeah, he was the guy they interrogated, the insane person. Yeah, that's right. I did recognize him. Now, what can you tell me about Polka Dot Man? Polka Dot Man was a character that came in the 60s and didn't have much more appearances as comics got more serious for obvious reasons. He's a character that has polka dots all over his uniform. Now, sometimes he can rip the polka dots off in some comics and throw them and they become weapons. Other times I've seen that they become portals. So, think about portal. He throws the polka dot out and it becomes Mm. a portal to another area. Um, But in most recent history, Polka Dot Man is kind of like a third-rate villain who none of the bad guys take seriously and he's sort of like a joke he's sort of a bum yeah that batman just yeah, i was gonna say he's up. a joke yeah in this movie he seems like really depressed and like yes and i've heard them say that they're gonna try to make the audience feel for this character so he is definitely gonna die no i think he's gonna survive i think he's gonna have a happy <laughs> ending to be honest really because there's a shot of him in the trailer being happy and dancing in a nightclub i think that's a prequel Oh, not a prequel. I think that's a flashback. A prequel? Oh, he's going to have his own spin-off movie, is <laughs> A flashback club. to when he was ha- in happier times. Is that what yeah, you think? I think so. No, what I think is going to happen with him is he wants to die throughout the whole movie. And his whole curse yes. is that he never actually dies. He survives the whole movie and then he gets his happy ending in the end by becoming a free man and going off and living his best life. That's what I think the character's going to do. But you disagree? I agree that he wants to die through the whole movie, but I don't know if he'll survive the movie. Because we see him in the final bunch of surviving characters. Does it at mean At least at he'll the start survive? of the fight with Starro. Yeah, I suppose so. Oh, okay, how are we going to do this? Because <laughs> I definitely think he's going to survive. You definitely think he's going to die. One of us is going to have to compromise. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, I'll be the big man here. I'll be the bigger man and say that Thanks, he Jim. will die in this movie. I'll agree with you. But if you're wrong, if you're <laughs> you wrong, there's, there's a massive I told you so coming your way in the form of my hand. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll wear that. I'm, I'm I'm ready for that risk. Okay. Next up, playing the character of Ratcatcher 2, presumably the daughter of Taika mm-hmm. Waititi's The Ratcatcher, is Daniela Melchior. What can you tell me about Ratcatcher 2? She's basically just Willard, right? Yeah, pretty much. Anyone who played Arkham, the Arkham series, the video games, will know Ratcatcher. There was a few Easter eggs towards Ratcatcher in those games, but it's a Batman villain, usually a male, and usually somebody who lives in the sewers and uses rats. As their minions. Right. So, think of how the penguin, Danny DeVito's penguins use pengu- like penguins to run around and blow stuff up. He kind of does the same with rats. He worked at a salination facility or something and went bad. Oh, there you go. Now, I think Ratcatcher in this movie is going to have a really close relationship with Bloodsport and Harley Quinn. Yes. And be kind of the heart of the movie and the one that we feel the most sorry for. Like, she's going to oh, be yes, the closest to a decent person. Yeah, I agree. I don't think her role is going to be massive in the movie, but I definitely think she'll survive. She I do, looks too. like she's going to be a part of our, you know, core group of heroes. Definitely. And from what I understand, from what you said, she can basically control rats. I think that's all we yeah. really need to say about her. Yeah, and she'll definitely have a pet rat on her shoulder through most of the movie. Yes. Yeah, an animatronic rat, which will look kind of dodgy. <laughs> So, next up, playing the character of Solsoria is Alice Braga, who, of course, we talked about before as Reyes from New Mutants. Welcome back. And she also played one of the voices in Soul, which we didn't know at the time. Yeah, this this character I don't know a lot about. Yeah, I, I would say that I don't know her at all. I didn't see her in the trailers. I don't I think this is a character her anyway. that exists, but I might be wrong. But I don't know anything about this character. I think it's magic. I don't know. Mm, okay. Uh, I, I don't even know why we really brought her up. I just, I think I just wanted to mention her. I think I just wanted to mention that she was in New Mutants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she was great All in right. New Mutants. So let's just say she's a background character. Who cares about her? Mm. So playing the character of Blackguard is one of your favorite people of all time, Pete Davidson. Look at him in this movie. Wow. So, wow. Who is Blackguard? 
So, Blackguard- And keep it brief, because I don't think he's important. No, I don't think he is. He's essentially an enforcer that was um, that worked for a criminal organization, was betrayed by the criminals, and becomes a mercenary in the Batman universe. And he's pretty much a Suicide Squad uh, regular. But Pete Davidson for this role, he doesn't fit. You know that what that character is, who's just a big buff guy. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, really? Interesting. So oh, I'm he's gonna- just he's just food for worms. Come on, <laughs> he's just there for the body count. For definitely food for worms. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this character might use drugs. Oh, really? Go with me. Okay, Might that's a good drugs. prediction. That's a good prediction. Because <laughs> it's Pete Davison. That's all he does. All right. So, if it happens in the movie, I'm going to count it as correct. <laughs> so, playing the character of TDK is Nathan Fillion, who, of course, is a James Gunn regular. He's in most of his movies. So, who is TDK? Otherwise known as Arm Fall Off Man. Has the oh, power. Okay. He's the guy who beats people up with his arms. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, the history with this character is a fan made this character up and some some comic artist liked it so much that he put him in the oh, Legion really? of Heroes um, as wow. like a really well, embarrassing villains. villain. Surely he's a villain. Yeah, villain. Sorry. I think because he went for the Legion. He went for the Legion of Superheroes to join them and they rejected him because his power was shit. <laughs> so, he became a bad okay. guy. There you go. Again, I think this is another body count person. He's definitely just there for comic relief and food for worms. If there's anybody who's going to have their heads blown off, it's going to be this character. Oh, let's hope so. And just his arms will be left behind. (laughs) Yes. His arms can, like, float, which is not what the character can do. So, there you go. Interesting. Do you remember that bit in Deadpool 2 where he he assembled, like, a team of heroes to help him out on his mission? Yes, yes. And, and they, they all get sucked. killed off unceremoniously. <laughs> that yeah. was great. This is what I'm imagining. Any other supervillain we mention here, I think that's their fate, basically. Agreed. Agreed. So, playing the character of Bloodsport's daughter is Storm Reed, who, of course, we talked about before in The Invisible Man. She played uh, the daughter of the, the cop that she was living with, Elizabeth Moss's character, that is. Mm-hmm. Do you remember her in The Invisible Man? Uh, not massively, but I don't remember a lot about that movie. Everyone okay, was good. Enough. I remember that. So, she must have been. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, we already had a little bit of an argument about her character. We think she's either being held hostage or she's in trouble with the law. I think she's a little young to be in trouble with the law, so it must be she's being yes, held hostage. I agree. That's what I think, too. So that's and of course, be she's going to survive the movie because she's not part of the Suicide Squad. That's your compromise, is it? Yes. <laughs> so, playing the character of Weasel is Sean Gunn, who is, of course, <laughs> James Gunn's younger brother, I believe. He's another <laughs> regular actor in all of uh, James Gunn's movies. I think he played Rocket Raccoon, like the visual version, like the motion capture version of Rocket Raccoon in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And yeah, he's he's basically just a random background character in most of James Gunn's movies. So, Mm. what can you tell me about the character of the weasel? Look, I believe he was a law student that people made fun of him, calling him a weasel, so he became a weasel. I think that's all there is to it. He's like an anthropomorphic weasel. There we go. He's definitely just in this movie as comic relief. Yes. And he's definitely going to die. Yes. I'm calling it now since he's basically just an animal. Yeah, definitely, definitely will die. He looks creepy, this character. Yes, he does. I think that's done on purpose. So, rounding out our squad, our suicide squad, is Calendar Man, Javelin, and Mongol. Can you give us any bit of insight on those characters at all? Uh, Mongol is super strong. She's a Superman villain. Uh, Calendar Man- She's the orange woman from the trailer, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Big bad guy, so she might turn against the team. Uh, Javelin is a- No, she's going to die off. She's going to die off with the rest of them. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Maybe she'll just die off. Javelin Man, just a guy that throws a Javelin. uh, Green Lantern bad guy. And Calendar Man is a Batman villain. I didn't know he was in this movie. That's news to me. No, I don't think I don't think he's part of the squad. And guess what? He's being played by James Gunn himself. Ah, all right. There we go. Oh, I so think it's cameo. just going to be a cameo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's going to be in jail. There you go. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because he's a bad guy that um, you know themes his themes his crimes on events of the calendar. So. When there's not an event on, when it's not Christmas time or Halloween, he's just standing around doing nothing, I guess. There you go. All right, so that's everyone who's in the movie. Gosh, that took a long time. I don't think we have any time left to do, like, a plot prediction. Let's do a breezy one. Um, Let's do a breezy one. Also, Rook is in this movie as Savant as well. Yeah, that's right. I forgot to mention Michael Rooker as Savant. Of course, we talked about him before. He was in Love and Monsters, and he was also in- What was that other movie he was in? Oh, Fantasy Island. Yes. So, we've talked about him before. Yeah, definitely food for worms. What is Savant's deal? Uh, he is a Gotham City vigilante. He tried to become a vigilante like Batman. He came from a wealthy family and decided he was going to be a crime fighter. 
and got in Batman's mm-hmm. way and became inadvertently a bad guy. There we go. But what's his power? Doesn't have a power. He doesn't have a power? From nope. in the trailer, he looks like he has hyper reflexes. Well, they might play him off in the movie as somebody who is really skilled because that character does not look like the character from the comics at all. So, I think they're going to take some no. liberties there. Well, Michael Rooker is just another James Gunn regular actor. He puts yes. him in all of his movies. So, he's just there out of obligation, basically. With a stupid hairpiece as well. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, like I said, I don't know if the character from the comics looks like that at all, but that was my presumption. You're saying he doesn't look like that. No, no. And he doesn't act like that. I think it's a weird casting, but we're not going to have to worry too much about it because he's going to die pretty soon, I think. Yes. Yeah, I agree. All right. I'm actually really keen to know. I know we're teaming up to do this one together, but can you like in a couple of sentences run over exactly what you think is going to happen in the plot as briefly as possible? And I'll do the same thing. And then we can just sort of meet in the middle and compromise those two visions. Cool. Let's do that. So, I have very, very little idea. I think it's going to open up with an action scene of which I don't know what's going to happen, but essentially- I've got a theory. Don't worry, I've got you covered there. Maybe it'll be Starro coming and destroying stuff. So, then they come in and they recruit- nope, they're saving him for the end. Sorry, um, I'm, I'll, I'll let you speak. <laughs> so, I think, I think the start of this movie will be typically them recruiting all the Suicide Squad people. There'll be um, scenes dedicated to Bloodsport who will refuse to join the Suicide Squad initially, but will be forced against his will. We'll see all the characters have their cameos. They'll go out. They'll have to save Harley Quinn. They'll rescue Harley Quinn. They will uh, go into a kind of dilapidated dilapidated war bent area to find the thinker because the thinker is going to be the only character who knows how to defeat Starro and they're going to have to like fight their way in to save him and get information he will most likely die at some point here and then they go fight Starro and win the day in a brief summation is what I think this is going to happen in the movie okay I kind of loosely agree but there's something big here that you're missing out on that I picked up on in the trailers You may or may not have noticed this, but there is actually two separate squads in this movie. Really? I did not pick up on that at all. The thing that's throwing you off is that Harley Quinn is in both squads. So, I could see why you would think that it's just one big squad. (sighs) But there are two big squads. So, when I found that out, that automatically changed my whole impression of the movie. So, in my opinion, what I think is going to happen... So, we're going to start in typical James Gunn fashion. There's going to be some nice 70s classic music, classic rock song of some sort. And we see in the prison a team being put together. And this is our A team, as we like to say. We've got two teams, (laughs) A team and B team. So, our A team is made up of people like Savant, uh, Blackguard, TDK, Weasel. Basically, everyone with the exception of King Shark, Ratcatcher 2... Bloodsport and Polka Dot Man. So they're the B team. And as mm-hmm. I said, Harley Quinn is in both, but I'll explain how that happens in a I sec. think I know what you're going to say, and I already agree with it. So the A team is made up of all these guys who we think are going to be important. We think they're going to be the main team of the movie. They go to this island. What was it called again? I can't remember what the island's called, but it's kind of got a Vietnamese tropic vibe to it. Oh, Corto Maltese. That's right. So, they're sent to Corto Maltese to take down the Major General there, who is Mateo Suarez, I believe his name is. We see him a couple of times in the trailer. They all go in. This is all, like I said at the start of the movie, this leads us to our basically our opening action scene in the first 15 minutes of the movie. And essentially, they discover this whole Starro project. We don't see Starro at this point, but they discover this project. They're horrified by it, and they're all killed off. And that leads us to the core of the movie where our second squad is formed with King Shark, Ratcatcher 2, Polka Dot Man and King Shark. Rick Flagg and Harley Quinn survive the initial destruction Mm -hmm. of the Suicide Squad. Harley Quinn is captured by the bad guys. And so, they initially have to go in and rescue her. They probably have to rescue Rick Flagg as well. They have to rescue Harley Quinn from prison before going, finding the, what was Peter Capaldi's character's name again? Uh, The Thinker. The Thinker. They have to find the Thinker who's involved with the Starro project in some way. They have to find out what's going on with Starro. Starro comes out, starts destroying things, and they have to team up to fight Starro. Oh, by the way, by the way, I forgot to mention as well that Peacemaker is involved with the B team as well. Mm, Okay. One bit, though, in the trailer, it looks like Rick Flagg is saving Harley Quinn with your A team. So, he must be with them. That's right. B team. No, he's with both teams. Oh, he's with both teams as well. He's with both teams. So, he survives the initial destruction as well, along with Harley Quinn. I imagine he gets away and then Harley Quinn is captured by the bad guys. Gotcha. So, with all that in mind, we can sort of briefly run over the whole plot of the movie, uh, essentially beat by beat, and just sort of go over 
how exactly we think this is all going to play out. Sounds good. So, as I said, I think basically exactly how I described it. Sounds like you agree with me. The movie opens with the first team being assembled and they fly into Costa Maltese. Sorry, Corto Maltese. And yeah, what are your thoughts here? I know your whole world has been shaken <laughs> by these big revelations, but I think I think do there's you agree be- with my sentiment? Do you yes. agree with my sentiment where they're going to come across? So they initially sent in just to take out this dictator. What was his name? Mateo Suarez. But then they discovered that on this island they're creating Starro. So through the Thinker and some other sort of team, they're developing Starro as like a unstoppable killing machine. Yeah, like they a, find like a secret weapon, the Death Star, yeah. for lack of a better word. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to f- fly in. There's going to be a lot of fancy music. It's going to be very stylized. Yes, yes. We have a comedy scene that we see in the trailer where they're in the where they're in the helicopter bonding and getting to know each other. Mm. Like I said, I think this will be the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie, and then they'll all be killed off in graphic and gruesome ways, with the exception of Rick Flagg and Harley Quinn. Yeah, there will be a lot of Harley Quinn in this opener as well. Now, I think Harley Quinn will be captured by the like soldiers who live on the island, and I think as well that Mateo Suarez will sort of be like a sleazy, drippy, you know, misogynistic man to her and basically put her in a situation like uh, Karen from Indiana Jones where it looks like he wants to sleep with her. Yeah, he'll have absolutely no redeeming quality. So, when he dies gruesomely, no. we won't feel bad about it. He'll, he's going to give her a nice dress. He's going to, you know, try <laughs> and wine and dine her. Yeah, exactly. But if you pay attention in the trailer, you'll notice that Harley Quinn starts off wearing her traditional, uh, what was it, Batman the Animated Series yeah. outfit. And then later in the trailer, she's wearing like a red flowing dress. Yeah, they've, they've brought the original costume back, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, she's in this gown. Yeah, in the second half of the movie, she's in this gown. So, like I said, I think Mateo will give her this gown as a way of seducing her. Harley Quinn will play along at first, but then when she seizes her moment, she attacks him. She fights off all the bad guys and is able to escape. And meanwhile, the secondary team comes in to rescue her, but she's already escaped. Yeah, because she's competent. She's a badass. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's a joke. It's a joke. So, do you agree with that? I agree. So far, so good. So, before we get to that point, though, of course, we've got to see the assembly. We've got to see the assembly of the secondary squad. So, once the first squad is all killed off, of course, Amanda Wallace like, oh, shit, now we've just got to get whoever's left to make up a second squad. And that's when they get in Bloodsport, they get in Peacemaker, they get in Ratcatcher 2 and Polka Dot Man. All the people, they're like, oh, these guys would be useless, <laughs> don't bother getting them. They're rejects. Well, as you said as well, I think Bloodsport will initially refuse to join and they're like, fine, if you don't want to join, that's fine. But then because he's the last option they have, essentially, he's the only competent supervillain they have left. That's when they get his daughter and basically blackmail him. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense because they're going to go to that length now to recruit him. Yes. They're like, whether you like it or not, you're being recruited into this team because we have no other options. All the other villains have been killed in the first team and we can't control King Shark Ratcatcher 2 is essentially useless. Polka Dot Man is essentially useless. Peacemaker is an idiot. He's competent, but he's an idiot. So, we need you there as someone with a brain. Yeah, he's going to be the Rick Flag of this team. Well, no, Rick Flag is the Rick Flag of well, this yeah, team. That's that, the attention he sees. He's going to be the Rick Flag until they meet up with Rick Flag yeah. again. Yeah, of course. Because as we already mentioned, I think Rick Flag is going to survive the onslaught. He's in hiding. And then when they arrive, when the B team arrives on the island... They meet up with Rick Flagg and he, you know, essentially was like, we've got to get Harley Quinn out of jail and then we can go and destroy Starro. Yep. And a big action scene all the way. Yes, exactly. Well, basically, the island is just going to be continual action scenes. Stuff blowing up, chaos. Let's work in the thinker. So, we basically got our idea of how the squads are going to, you know, get there. We know how the B team is going to get together and go over to the island. So, what do you think the thinker's involvement is going to be? How is he, how is he going to work into the movie and how is he going to meet his demise? Look, I think either he released Starro or he has information about Starro. So, I think he was working for this organization. That's um, right. He's working for Matteo and the other, you know, the major general of Corto, well, sorry, Corto Maltese creating this super weapon. Yeah. So, yeah, so maybe Starro isn't an alien. Maybe they created Starro. I mean- that yes. seems like the way it's going to go. Or at least they found him. At least they found him and were trying to control him using the thinker as a weapon. Yeah. But then he sort of, he breaks free from his control at some point and goes on a rampage. That makes a lot of sense. That does. And in doing so, the thinker knows Starro's weakness, which will well, be like the center of him or something. He's not around for the final fight. So, presumably, he if he does know his weakness, he's going to have to give them that information before they fight Starro. Yeah, he will and die in the 
in the process before he gets to the final act. So I think Starro will be a surprise at the end of the movie. Of course, this was already spoiled by the trailers, but I don't think we're going to know that Starro is around in the movie until the very end. They only refer to it as Project Starfish in the trailers. So they're just like, we don't know anything about Project Starfish, but your mission is to go and destroy whatever that is. Or if they do know, they're just not telling the Suicide Squad. Yeah, exactly. So I think the original, the A Suicide Squad team found out about Project Starfish during their ill-fated mission, which is why they send the B team to get rid of it because they know that it's a massive threat. Do you agree with that? Makes sense? I do. I do. And so, I think they find out, as in the B team, the B Suicide Squad team find out that the Thinker is involved with this whole project and they capture him from the facility to just get information from him. Yeah, and he does that reluctantly as well, I think. Yeah. I had an idea as well that maybe he is literally the only one preventing Starro from going on a rampage. And then maybe the Suicide Squad, maybe Harley Quinn even, (laughs) kills. They kill the Thinker by mistake. And that's what ends up causing Starro to break free and go on a rampage. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Well, we know Starro is telepathic and we know the Thinker is telepathic. So, absolutely. maybe maybe they can communicate. Maybe he gave Starro his telepathic powers. Maybe Starro gave him his telepathic powers. Who knows? Um, but I like well, the idea that he's controlling Starro before going on yes. a rampage. And maybe the Suicide yeah, Squad is the only one keeping that. him in check. Yeah. Yes. So when the Suicide Squad are responsible for him dying, then it becomes their problem to fix. Yes, absolutely. So I think initially they'll force the, the thinker to come along with them to try and find out what Project Starfish is. Of course, he, he might reveal that Starro, like I said, is an alien that they've come across and they want to use him as a weapon, as I theorized. And he's the only one who can control him. As you said, I don't, I don't think the Suicide Squad will believe him, leading to them probably accidentally killing him. Yes. And unleashing Starro. Yeah, it'll be an I accident. feel very confident about this. I, I think we're too. on the right track. I think we got it. So, I think Harley Quinn, of course, will kill Matteo. I keep wanting to say Matteo Dio, because that was your character in uh, our <laughs> Star Wars spinoff. <laughs> Matteo Suarez. I think Harley Quinn will kill him during their sort of like interactions together so we won't have to worry about him but he's initially set up as the bad guy at the start of the movie yeah him or the thinker absolutely well i think the thinker is working for him Mm. and then yeah maybe when he's killed off by harley quinn the thinker sort of takes over the project maybe or it's just kind of like they the suicide squad think think the thinker is taking control of it but actually he's not it's just gone out of everyone's control yes yeah quite possibly so, yeah, okay. So, Starro is released. He starts destroying everything. We're left with our B team to fight Starro. How do you think he'll- So, how do you think they'll defeat him? Uh, teamwork. <laughs> and I think- Yeah, of I course. they will shoot the center of him because I've seen visuals of Starro where he has a target in his center. So, I think they attack his center, blow it up. He's destroyed, I think, is what's going to happen. But it's going to be a- an effort for every, from everybody. Everyone has to work together yeah. to take down Starro. Yeah, I definitely agree. And even the useless characters will come in handy here. So, Polka Dot Man and Ratcatcher 2 will be really handy here. I mean, I know you said Polka Dot Man will, will survive, but this would be a cool moment for Polka, Polka Dot Man to, like, kill himself, killing Starro. Yeah, that's a good idea. And we already agreed that Peacemaker would die as well. So, he's going to be killed off during the Starro fight, I think. At least, you know, if not right beforehand. Yeah, he's going to give Starro an attitude adjustment or an AA. Yeah, and it doesn't work, obviously, because he dies. <laughs> he, he crumbles from the weight of the star. What if, what if, now here's a theory, what if Peacemaker is the one responsible for killing the Thinker? That would make a lot of sense because that's his whole deal, right? He, like, hates bad guys. Yeah, exactly. And then it turns the Suicide Squad against him. That would make a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, no, I like Now, that. I'm not saying- I'm not saying that the Suicide Squad will necessarily get into, like, a fight mm. with him. I mean, that might happen, but I'm also thinking, like, it turns them against him so they don't feel so bad when he's killed off. Like, yes. they're like, oh, thank goodness. It saved us from doing the job itself. Or maybe Amanda Waller kills him off. Oh, or maybe, like, the Thinker has a way to kill the Starfish, Peacemaker kills him, and then he gets killed by the Starfish. Yeah, that's not a bad you know idea. I mean? So, like, their one out was the Thinker. Like, the Thinker was going to solve all the problems. Now the Thinker's gone. Now they have to fight the starf- Starfish by themselves. But wouldn't it make more sense that if Peacemaker takes it into his own hands to kill the Thinker, mm-hmm. and then the other team's like, well, well, we didn't want him to do that. And so Amanda Waller's like, that's it. Bip, push the button, you're dead. Wouldn't that make yeah. more sense? I or- mean, she would do that, right? Amanda Waller would. If one of her characters goes rogue, she'd blow their heads off. 
Yeah, exactly. And I don't know, we haven't really said any other character gets their head blown up, so why not have it be Peacemaker? Yeah, sounds good. He has the mask for it, so that'll shatter into a million pieces. I just had a funny thought as well. I don't (laughs) know if this is going to happen, but what if someone like accidentally lent on the button and the whole first squad, essentially, with the exception of Harley Quinn, was just blown up by accident? (laughs) That'd be great. Movie over. I don't think so. Or what if they all go rogue and they're all blown up with the exception of Harley Quinn? (laughs) If anyone's going rogue, it would be Harley Quinn, surely. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think they'll just be killed off. In gruesome ways. I don't think they'll all go rogue and just be blown up. Though I just want to put the idea out there just in case it does happen in It'd the movie. It'd be kind of cool if they all went rogue and Harley Quinn just had to chase them all down. But I don't think that's going to happen in the movie. No, no. Well, obviously she's captured and they set out to rescue her with the, the B suicide squad. But yeah, she escapes herself. But anyway, so are we establishing that the polka dot man is sacrificing himself to destroy Starro? Yes, I think we got to say that. That's a nice little moment for him. And as he's going into the starfish, he's having a memory he of himself at the nightclub. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, he smiles to himself because he's like, oh, yeah, finally. <laughs> I get to I die. finally die. That, that's a good- I don't- like I said, I don't really think that's going to happen in the movie. I, I think he's going to have a happy ending, but still- our compromised vision is that he sacrifices himself. I think someone needs to. So, yes. yeah, why not have it be Polka Dot Man? Yeah. If it's not Bloodsport so, yeah. or someone like that, Polka Dot Man could work. Yeah. So, that's it. The The mission is a success. That's right. So, presumably, they go back home. Yeah. Do they ride off into the sunset? No. I, I think they've just got to go back. And then I think the ending coda will be that Bloodsport. Do you think he'll be released from jail? Or at least, you know, his, maybe his daughter- We'll just be able to visit him in jail. And we know that the daughter's safe now, so. I think he'll be let out of jail and he'll, like, embrace his daughter. Yeah, possibly. But we don't know how long of a sentence he has. So, he's only getting 10 years locked off. (laughs) And his daughter pulls out a gun that has the kryptonite bullet. And he's just like, great. Thank you for smuggling this for me. And thank you for keeping it. Now I can finish what I started. Yeah. Oh, that would be funny. (laughs) But no, I don't think they'll do that. So, I think that we'll see, you know, Harley Quinn doing something as well. She's probably in jail for, like, life. So, I don't know if she'll be released, but I think we'll just have sort of, like, an ending with her as well, which will set up a future movie. Mm. Another Birds of Prey Maybe movie. Maybe she'll even escape from jail. Yeah, exactly. Another Birds cool. of Prey movie. Like a Hannibal Lecter-esque escape scene. Well, I don't think we need too much more going on in the movie after everything's wrapped up. I just think we just need, like, a little moment. Maybe they just go to check on her and we see that she's escaped. Yes, yeah. She's left a note behind. I think we're going to see everybody has their little moments of what life is like outside of jail. You know, Bloodsport's hugging his kid. Like I said, we don't know how long their sentences are, so reducing 10 years may not give them freedom. Yeah. So, for the sake of our plot, let's just say that Bloodsport is released from jail, but, you know, everybody else, as far as we know, could still be in jail. But, yeah, we can just see them having nice moments back in prison, I suppose. <laughs> True. Yeah, someone's made a rug out of the weasel. <laughs> yes. Oh, that would be good. But yeah, everyone has their nice moments. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you agree that Harley Quinn will escape? Yes, Harley Quinn will escape. We really don't know. This is just pure speculation. Because it'll set something up for future movies with Harley Quinn in it. Yeah, exactly. Maybe Joaquin Phoenix breaks her out. <laughs> that would be hilarious. No, certain, they're not going to do that. A certain Jared Leto will be mad about that. Well, we know that he's not coming back for this movie, so. Mm. He did come back for the Snyder Cut, which I was yeah. very surprised about. Yeah, he did. He did. He was in a society after all. Exactly. We've done so well not to reference that. <laughs> I feel like this movie will end with some sort of cliffhanger like a character that we haven't seen yet will appear, maybe. Like a hook. Yeah, that's a good uh, idea. I was thinking that. Hook, as in like Captain Hook. Yeah, Captain Hook will appear in this movie. He's joining the Suicide Squad. <laughs> now, who's Hook? No, I was saying a hook, like something to hook them into the next oh, movie. Oh, I see. I thought, <laughs> that was actually a character there was, <laughs> It was another lame supervillain called Hook. There probably is. Oh, I see. I see. So, you're saying there's going to be like a hook to bring people in for mm. next time. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, Harley Quinn escaping and then, you know, possibly having to go after is, is somewhat of a hook. Could have the uh, cod piece. We could sit here and speculate all day, but we mm. really don't have time. No, no. We'll just say there might be a scene where there's another character that'll appear that hasn't been in the movie so far. Okay. Let's leave it that vague. That vague. And if I was to guess, I'm going to say the cod piece. Okay. Now, is that an actual Suicide Squad member? No, he's, but he is a DC villain that has the power of shooting a cannon where his genitalia would be. Oh, there we go. Well, fingers crossed he appears. <laughs> All right. So, that's basically our plot in a very loose way. Mm. 
Uh, I'm, I don't know. Like I said, we didn't have a lot of details. We didn't really go into real depth with the plot, but I don't think we need to for this sort of movie. There's too many characters to keep it, like, to keep into account. Yeah, exactly. Well, we have the theory that most of them are going to be killed off in the first half, so we don't really need to worry about them. We didn't even really talk about King Shark, but, you know. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's there. there. He's causing mayhem. With this sort of ensemble movie, we just don't really have the time or the need to focus in on all these characters because they won't really do it in the movie. No. Everyone will have a moment. Yeah. But that can be done so much easier through a visual medium rather than us just explaining it. But yeah, let's put it out to the listeners. So, if you, the dear listener, have any ideas of what you think is going to happen in the upcoming The Suicide Squad, please let us know. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or you can just simply leave us a comment on this page on the episode's webpage site. Okay, I was doing so well and I just went off the rails <laughs> there at the end. But let us know what you think. Let us know what you think. Let us know if there's a character that you like. Let us know your favorite suicide character, uh, if you're excited to see them in this movie. Or Suicide Squad character. What did I say? Suicide character. (laughs) Please don't let us know your favourite suicide character. We don't want to know. Alrighty, before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be discussing next week. And I know you're going to be excited straight away, Matty D, because we're doing another instalment of actual spoilers. And we finally moved into the movies of 2020. We've graduated. Yes. And what was the first movie we covered in 2020? What was the first movie of 2020? I can't remember. It starred a certain Robert Downey Jr. and it wasn't him as Iron Man. (laughs) We we finally do a Dr. Doolittle? Yes, we are doing Doolittle next week. We are covering how well we did or how poorly we did with the plot of Doolittle. Now, just like this week, I think it was one where we teamed up to do the plot together. Although I could be mistaken. I I remember that. Yes, I think we did do that. Yes, we definitely did. Yes, I'm pretty sure we teamed up. Yep. Yep. All right. So, yeah, tune in next week to see how well we did with Doolittle. If you haven't seen that movie, please watch it. It is a doozy. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. And until then? Until then, we're going to go off to another mission before our heads explode. You fail to follow my orders in any way, and I detonate the explosive device in the base of your skull. Ha! Joke's on you, lady! I don't have an explosive device in the base of my skull. We're inserting an explosive device in the base of your skull. (laughs) Damn! They thought of everything. I'm a fool to do your dirty work. Go, yeah! I don't want to do your dirty work no more.